get into the Word of God today. No? We got one. I got one. That's good enough. I mean, you can't get everyone. But does anybody remember what I talked about the last couple weeks? Yeah, you do. What is it? Looking for Jesus. Yes, right on. What else did I have to talk about? Seats are searching for Jesus. Remember? <laughs> I smelled it terrible. But we've been talking about searching. We've been talking about looking for Jesus. And last week, well, the first week we talked about the fact that he's, he said, you're going to look for me and you're not going to be able to find me. Right. Hey, come on in here. Zeke, come on, find a seat, bro. We're getting started right now. So we, we talked about how he said, you're going to look for me and you're not going to be able to find me. We talked about how Pharisees are, sometimes they can't find God. Yeah. Well, that was really that was a really good service last time too, and it was really important because me and my friend Emma, we had just like been studying, like and talking about the same verses that we went over, the same topic wow. together, and then we came and uh, talk, we, and then we came here and he started talking about that, and it was like it was really weird. It was like, dang, the Holy Ghost is out there. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've quoted "I'm your mother and father" to my son this week. <laughs> Something about the Holy Spirit ties in. If you guys realize. Last week when Judah got up and did the Word, it tied right in. It talked all about walking in darkness and how much we need the light. Like, it was everything that we're pointing towards. And Jesus is the light of this world, guys. We talked about last week was the main point that I kept driving home to anybody. Does anybody remember? I want to see if I actually did it at home or not. Maybe I did a good enough job. There was one point that I particularly talked about when they went back to the tomb. And I said, there's something that we can't do. Is we don't want to look for... The living, right? Come on, let me finish. Well, we don't it. want to look for the living and the among the dead. The dead. Yeah. We don't look for the. You said it. You should have said it louder. I would have yeah. put the spotlight on you and it it all about you. <laughs> you said it. Okay, great. Good, you guys got it. So I guess I did a little bit good teaching that. But it was important that we remember that. It's something that I wanted you guys to stick in your head because we don't look for living among the dead. I don't look for eternal life among things that are going to die. I don't need advice from somebody who one day is going to die on how I should live my life. I want to look to the eternal. So, where do we look? What did I talk about? What was the main thing that I pointed at? Look for Jesus. Where do we find him? Where do we him? Where do we find Jesus? Last week, I gave you one place. The Word. The Word. Very good. Right? Is that what you're going to say? Good. The Word. We talked about that a lot last week. Today we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're going to go a little bit different because we're, we're getting into this Christmas spirit. So the whole reason why I've been teaching this is because we're coming into a time period where we talk a lot and we think a lot about the birth of Christ. Has anybody even heard something about the birth of Christ in the last couple weeks? Anybody? Like, that's kind of odd for our world. Like Our world doesn't really talk about Jesus a lot, but around this time of year, we hear about Jesus. We hear about baby Jesus. We hear about the manger scene. We had the kids play this week. It was awesome. Give it up for them. They were awesome. They did a great job this week. Especially the Yeah, especially our Club 56 puppy guys. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm giving all you guys praise because you did it together as a team and it worked out well. Okay, well, listen up though. Because the, the, the point of that whole story, guys, the whole reason why we did this children's play, everything was talking about the birth of Christ. So this is the time of year that we think about Christ. We think about him coming to this earth. We think about him coming into our world and being a part of our world. 
But there's still some people in this world that don't see him. Right? We know people that don't see Jesus, right? Come on, raise your hand. If you know somebody who doesn't see Jesus, we all know somebody. Yeah. No, I don't want you to name anybody. <laughs> no, we're not naming anybody. That's crazy. There's a lot of them, guys. There's not a little bit. There's a lot of people who don't see Jesus. Guess what? And I'm not only talking about people who are not Christians. There are people who come to church every week, guys. Do you think so? Hey, say, do you think there are people who come to church every week who still don't see Jesus? Exactly. There are people who think they know God, but they really don't see Jesus. So today we're going to talk about it. We said that, that the Bible is where we're going to find our answers. The Bible is the living word of God. It's the only living book. It's where we find life. And it's where we see Jesus. So last week, we talked about a story. This week, I'm not going to go through this whole story today because I realized when I was studying for this sermon that it basically says everything I preached to you guys last week. But I wanted to put this up there. Who likes homework? Okay, well here's Bible homework, guys. If anybody wants to, anybody gets bored over this holiday season, look up Luke 24, 13 through 34. If you guys want to read it later, put a note in your phone, mental note, something. But I'm going to tell you a pretty much an overview of this story anyways. So if you guys want to see how bad a job I did, you can go home and look this up. Be like, is this anything like Dan's story? But in this story, we find we find two disciples of Jesus walking down from one city to another city. And they're on this long road. And this is right after Jesus had been crucified. And once again, Jesus shows up and he's walking with them, but they don't see that it's Jesus. So they don't even recognize him. And again, they're walking and talking with them and they're telling them about what took place in the city and they're telling them about Jesus' crucifixion and they're telling them, they're like, they can't believe that he hasn't heard these wonderful things about Jesus. And they're like, how do you not even know all these stories? And then Jesus says, well, why are you guys so surprised about what took place? He's like, don't you guys know the Bible? And Jesus takes them through the Bible and he shows them how the Messiah was supposed to come, the Messiah was going to die, the Messiah was going to be resurrected. And he shows them all of these stories about himself through the Old Testament. I think that's amazing, guys. Because so many times, you know, we're like, Jesus is the God of the New Testament, but there are signs all through the Old Testament that point to Jesus. So Jesus, once again, tells these disciples that the way to see him is through the Bible, is to look into the Word of God. So today I wanted to do something a little bit different than just staying on that one story about that, because I think you guys get that point. Does everybody get that point? Everybody get the point? If you want to see Jesus, we got, we got to read our Bible a little bit, right? That's important. But there's some more ways that we can see Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'll let you guys come up with some right now before we go on to the next slide. Who can tell me a way that we see Jesus? If you have a friend who's like, I don't know who Jesus is, I want to know who Jesus is, what do you recommend to them so that they can see who he is? Go ahead, say. Um, What's one way? Uh, find a church and see the amazing pastor that you yourself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But you're right, one way is to bring them to church. Bring them to the body, bring them to the house of God. Let them experience Jesus for themselves. 
Does anybody else have a, have a good advice that they've given someone? Maybe you've received. What's up, Sydney? Prayer. Prayer is amazing, guys. Prayer is an amazing way that we feel God, that we see God move. We just prayed for his shoulder back there a second ago. He's getting ready to go get it looked at. Well, guess what? I don't believe that he's going to have to have surgery now because we prayed. And that's an amazing sign for him. Like when he goes to the doctor, the doctor's like, everything's good. I don't know what we're thinking. Like that's going to be an example to him that prayer works and that God's alive and Jesus is a part of this, right? What's another way? Does anybody think of one more way? Victor? Worship and praise. That is a great way. You know what? You guys are so amazing because you guys literally just picked up all the three things that I picked that I was going to preach about today and tell you our amazing ways and how we can see Jesus in our life. So let's look at it. Though. Because just because we say so is great, but I want to find it from the Word of God, right? Like if somebody tells you, that this is a way to see Jesus, and that person dies, we're looking for the living among the dead again. So I want to find it in the Word of God. So let's look here. Ways to see Jesus. Number one, we did it backward, kind of. But it's the same concept. We praise Him. We praise and worship, guys. Why do we sing and dance when we come to youth group? Because we want to feel His presence. Right. Has anybody ever been in a praise? I know we, we just came, we came from camp, so I know there were some people that camp. But how many times have you guys been in a praise and worship service and felt the presence of God? Like, there's nothing I can say to you about that. There's nothing anybody else can tell you about that situation because you've had that experience for yourself because of praise and worship. So we see that it works. I see that it works. Like, I've been in services where the praying and worshiping and I feel God. But where does the Bible say that to me? Where does the Bible tell me that that's, uh, that that's true, that that's something I can count on? And we're going to find that. In Psalms 22 and verse 3, it says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. The Bible tells us that. So if there's times in our life where I'm looking for Jesus and I can't find Jesus like I need him, I got to remember in my head that if I praise him, he's going to come be a part of it. If I praise him, he's going to be in the midst of it. There are times now, you guys are younger, so you guys have, you guys have got things good right now. You guys are living in technology, you guys, you guys are young and healthy. But there, as life goes on, things get different. You know, like, I'm, in the past two months, we've had like three people we know pass away. And I've had to do these funerals, I've had to deal with these issues. And as you get older, you start seeing these things and this brokenness in our world. You have friends pass away. You have loved ones who get sick. You've got your parents that they get older as you grow up. And one day you're watching your parents and they're not as healthy as they used to be. And those are times in your life when your babies need help. That you really need Jesus. You really want to find Jesus. Because I really need some answers. And I need some comfort. I need some help. And I need some healing. And I need all these things in my life. And I got to remember that I can find him. Hey, you better be paying attention. One second. We're going to find him when we praise and worship. I'm going to find him in the middle of my problem if I can praise and worship. So there's been times in my life where it's gotten dark. Everything around me was stormy. And I was like, where is Jesus? And this scripture came back to my mind. And I had to remind myself, if I praise him, he's going to be in the middle of it. So even when I didn't feel like it, I would start praising him and I would feel God 
in the middle of that. Now, the second way, what was the other one that someone said? Someone talked about praying. Prayer is another great way that we see Jesus. Through our prayers, we find him, we get to know him, we get to hear his voice, he gets to talk to us, we get to communicate with him. That's why it's important that we know what prayer is. Prayer is not just me telling God my problems. Prayer is not me just asking for what I want and what I need. But prayer is a communication chain that's open between me and God. Prayer is my, my phone call that you make with your girlfriend that develops the relationship that comes out of that. That's what prayer is. Prayer is your opportunity to talk and communicate and spend time with God. Sometimes when you're on a date with a girl, sometimes you don't talk. Sometimes you just sit in the car and hold hands. But you're still getting to know them, and you're still with them. Prayer is the same thing. There's times that I don't talk at all when I pray. I just sit in the presence of God, and it's almost like just me and him sitting there holding hands. Because I'm getting to know him, and I'm still getting, to, getting in his presence. But it's not about having the right words. It's not about asking for the right things. It's not about... That so much as it's about developing a relationship so when I need to, I can see Jesus. So, what does the Bible have to say about prayer, right? What does the Bible have to say about prayer? Well, it is. I don't know if the Bible words it exactly like that, one spot or another, but there are some places in the Bible where it talks about prayer. So let's take a look at one of those places. Because this is one of those places where Jesus actually talks about prayer. Now, one of the things I love about the New Living Translation is like it tells you what the whole section's talking about. So like if you're looking for like repentance, you can like go to a scripture as to repentance, and it'll tell you if that whole passage is actually about repentance. And in this passage, it tells you right at the top that this whole passage is about effective prayer. It's about prayer that actually works. It's about doing prayer in the most effective way. So let's see what Jesus had to say about prayer. He's kind of an expert. He says, keep on asking and you will receive whatever you have asked for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and anyone who knocks the door will be open. Now, there are other versions of this passage, right? Has anybody ever heard it quoted a different way? Or read it a different way? What's the other way? How do we normally hear it quoted? Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. Yeah. That's how we seek and you will find. This is how we normally hear this passage in the King James Version. But when you do a study into the original translation of this, it is not talking about a one-time thing. It's not saying you ask one time and you get it. It's talking about a competitive or a, a, a repetitive. Repetitive. Thank you. Thank you. You're right in my mind. A repetitive process. It's talking about something you're going to continue to do. So if I ask God to pray, I've asked God to pray and heal my son. I've asked him to pray and heal his body. I can't tell you how many times. I didn't just do it once. It wasn't like as soon as we found out he had CP, I prayed one time and I was like, all right, God, that's good now. If you don't want to heal him, you don't want to. Because I know the Bible commands that I keep asking, that I keep coming back, that I keep searching, that I keep knocking, that I keep trying to find. And prayer is the same thing in our life. If we're looking for Jesus, you can't just go, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be in thy name. There you go, I prayed. I was seeking Jesus, I looked, I didn't find him. He must not be real. 
Because it's talking about a continual thing. I'm going to keep asking. If I want to know Jesus is real, I'm going to keep asking for that. And guess what, guys? He's going to prove himself time and time again. God has no problem revealing himself. I think in a lot of it, guys, in all reality, I think a lot of people don't really want to see how real Jesus is. Because it will change how they have to live their life. They won't be able to do the things that they used to do when they realize how real he is. Yes. And I think that. I'm sorry. I, I, um, it's just like because. Sorry, I, I, I don't. Okay, we're gonna move on. But so this is this is the point that we're driving at. You want to keep going. You want to keep doing it. It's not a one-time thing. This is something that you want to continually do in your life. If you're not seeking after Jesus, you cannot tell me that Jesus doesn't exist. Because you never looked for him. How many times I've been called into a room and been told, Dad, I've been looking for this and I can't find it. It's not in my room. And I go in there and I go, see, it was in your room. It's got to be in your room. And I go in there and then I actually look for it and I find it. And I go, see, it was in your room the whole time. There's so many times in people's lives around us that it's the same way. They go, God's not real because I didn't find him. But you didn't really look for him either. And if you search for him and you continue to look for him, you will find him. Because the Bible is true. God's real. He did create this world. We don't even understand how it exists. It's proof that there's a creator. And we need to seek to find him. But I've also never seen anybody in my life who sought after God who hasn't found him. Everybody I've ever met in my life who's come to me hungry and told me, man, I'm on a search. I want to find God. I want to get to know Jesus. After, after we've talked and they've looked in the Bible and they've spent some time seeking after him, they've always, they've always found what they were looking for. They've always come back and been like, man, Jesus is real. Like, this is, this is crazy. He's proven himself to me. So I feel confident telling people that. But we've got to do it the way the Bible tells us. Which is to seek continually, not to make the one-time thing. To search after God, to keep seeking after God. So are you saying like not to go? Okay, I found Him, so now I'm going to stop reading the Bible. <sighs> God's so great. You never, you're, you've never just wrapped your mind around Him. When we die, we can we can be as close to God our entire lives. And when we die, there's some things we're going to find out about Him in that life. That's the wonderful thing about Jesus. You can't die too deep. Like you can, you can. You can dive as deep as you can go, and there's still going to be more that you need to find out about God. That's why we can't wait to get to the next life where we don't have to wonder these things and we know these things about God. But I'm not waiting to the next life to get to know God. Like I, I'm not waiting to see Jesus until he comes back, guys. I'm not waiting until I get to heaven to have a conversation and relationship with Jesus. That's too late. Like If that's your plan, that's a bad plan because that's too late. Besides, you'd have to go your whole life here on earth not knowing Jesus, not having someone who cares for you, not having someone who answers your prayers, not having someone who blesses you and provides for you, and you want that type of relationship with God. So I'm not waiting to see Jesus. I'm going to see Jesus more and more every single day. I'm going to get to know him more and more every single breath I take. And I encourage everybody around me to do the same thing. And this is how we do it. We do it through praise and worship, and we do it through prayer. Victor, let's keep going here. You parents, look at this. 
Look at this. Hey, what did, what did, uh, what did Elijah read a second ago? He didn't know my notes. He didn't even prepare for it. But here we go. If you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? If I had, if my kids ask for something, do I give them something terrible or do I give them what I know is going to make them happy? This is how we, as regular parents here on earth live, which we're not God, right? Like, I'm not Jesus. So there are times that I make my kids upset. There are times that I don't get it right. There are times that they want the new Oculus 3 and they're not getting it, right? <laughs> they do too. They got the two, but now they want the new one. Now they want the upgraded version. But it says, or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a stone? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? So, how is praying show us Jesus? How is me praying an ability to see Jesus? This is why, because Jesus likes answers. He likes, he likes granting our prayer requests. He likes answering our prayers. Jesus likes doing miracles. Jesus likes performing these amazing stunts to show you that he's real. So I, I've had people tell me before that they don't believe in God, that they don't, they don't get all this. And I'm always like, that's okay. You've got time, you're not dead yet. But one day, you're going to find yourself in a position where you really need something. And God's going to be like, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity. Because when he cries out to me, I'm not a bad parent. I'm not going to give him a stone. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to show him who the real Heavenly Father is. So by our prayers, by our petitions, that's why it's important that we do ask God for things. That we do speak out when we want something or when we need something. Because it's an opportunity for God to show himself in your life. And God wants to show himself in your life. And he wants to bless us. Let's go to the next scripture. Seeing Jesus. So we talked about two different ways, right? We talked about praise and worship. We talked about prayer. Okay, I only had one more thing, guys. So we are going to get out early. We're going to play some musical chairs. We're going to have a good time. But there's one more, one more thing that I want to talk about. Because I'd love for you guys, at some point in your life, when you're looking for Jesus to be able to find him. So what was the third thing that somebody brought up? We brought up praise. We brought up prayer. What was the third thing? What was the third thing? What was it? Reading the Bible? Well, the Bible's what points to it all. But what was the third thing? Church. Church. Bringing them to church. Yes. That was the third thing that I prepared to talk about. And you guys are dead on point by talking about the very three things that I have prepared. So, here's the third way that we see Jesus. Praise, prayer, and to be a part of the body. Does anybody get that? Anybody want to help me elaborate on that? What am I talking about? Praise, prayer, and being a part of the body. Yes. Yeah, getting to know the things that he knows. And how do we get that? How do we become a part of the body? Being more like him? Yes, yes. What do we talk about when we're going to do though? Bring people to church, right? Who is the, who is the church? Who is the body? We're the body, right? We're the church of Christ. This is what makes up the church. So one way that I can show people Jesus is to bring them to the body of Christ. 
Because this is what his actions was all about, guys. This church body makes up the body of Christ. We believers gathered together can show the world what Jesus is doing. We have the ability to show them the body of Christ. So we want to plug them in. That's why we invite people to church. That's why we're like, come be a part of this. Like, come see. Because you get to experience and you get to see Jesus when you're a part of his body. So let's see some scriptures that will confirm this. 1 Corinthians 12, 2 through 3. The heavenly body has many parts. Or human body. <laughs> heavenly body. The human body has many parts. This spot's getting me, right? Trey, I didn't even notice, too. Those are, those are Jesus messed up, aren't they? There's something wrong. Because it's the font. The font's hard to read. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ, guys. Some of you were Jews. Some of you were Gentiles. Some of you were slaves. Some of you were free. We're not all the same in this room, right? It's actually good that we're not. We don't all have to be the same. We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different groups. We're not all the exact same. But when we come together, we make up one body. We make up one body of believers. But you have all been baptized into one name. And now share the same spirit. So it's through baptism in Jesus' name that we all become one. This is why we are the body. Because we're all taken on the name of Jesus Christ. And we live and act as Jesus Christ would live and act on this earth. And this is the most important thing right here, guys. This is why it's important that we come together, guys. How many of you have ever heard this scripture quoted at some point or another? Matthew 18, 19 through 20. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered in my midst, I am there with them. I am there alone. I'm here when we gather together. Brian, you want to play something for us? If, you're, if you don't mind, just for a second. Let's all stand up. <laughs> We're done. We're done early, guys. We're going to make it quick. But before we get out of here, it would be silly for us to come all the way here and talk about seeing Jesus and not actually see a little bit of Jesus. Not actually spend a little bit of time in His presence. So we're not going to spend all day. But I, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity right here to spend some time with Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to feel his presence. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say something to him, to talk to him, to have a conversation with him. To ask for something that you need. To let him feel and answer your prayer request so that you can see him for who he really is. Because it's Christmas time. Jesus is coming back to the earth, right? You guys make me want to ask what's going on. <laughs> you really do, really bad. I'll ask later. <laughs> but this is time of year Jesus is coming to earth, guys. And over 2,000 years ago, he was crucified on the cross. And we don't get to go to him and ask for his miracles. We don't get to go watch him talk and get to see his sermons on the mount. We don't get to experience all that today. But we still get to see him. We get to see him in the word of God. 
We get to see him in our praise and worship. We get to see him in our prayer. We get to see him when we gather together and we pray and worship in his name. So guys, I know it's been wild. I know you guys have had a hard time. We're in a new environment. But let's not waste this moment. Because even if you wasted everything else, Jesus can talk to you in your heart and say better than I've said on this microphone for the last 15 minutes. So let's just plug in. I'm going to turn the lights back down. I'm going to put on some music. And we're going to spend a couple minutes in prayer before we break out and have some more fun. All right?